This is Panthers Insider, an in-depth preview of the week. He scores! On the Florida Panthers Radio Network, here's the voice of the Panthers, Doug Blayens. Hey everybody, welcome into another exciting edition of the Panthers Insider Show. Doug Plagans here talking Florida Panthers hockey with you on a Saturday morning. And I want to start by saying what a run. And I want to say thanks to uh, everybody who tuned in all season long. I want to say thanks to everybody who was instrumental on the broadcast side, making sure that the games, the Panthers Insider Shows, everything else went to the air as smoothly as possible. That includes our man Matt Wilson on the other side of the glass right now. But uh, big thanks to everybody, of course, uh, for making it all possible all season long. Whether you worked on the broadcast or whether you listened to the broadcast, we can't do it without you, the listener, and you, everybody who came out and supported this Panthers team in any way all season long. It was a heck of a run, but the season came to a close. Earlier this week in the Stanley Cup Final, the Panthers uh, coming up short to the Vegas Golden Knights in five games. But again, it was a run that gave us no shortage of huge moments, just huge moments. And it showed that this Panthers team is just scratching the surface in terms of what they're going to be able to accomplish. So many key members of this Panthers team are locked in for uh, years to come. And we're looking forward already to this team getting on the ice again come the fall, which isn't going to be too far from now. It's already June 17th, folks. So uh, we're going to be looking at, uh, you know, training camp on the horizon and things like that about three months from now. So uh, make use of your time this summer. Go and take your fishing trips, go to the beach, everything you want to do, because we're going to be getting ready for a new season of Panthers hockey, and I know we're all going to be extremely excited for that when it comes around before too long. Going to be a short offseason. That's what comes with deep playoff runs. But the Panthers certainly uh, looking forward to that. I think everybody already hungry for uh, next year. And uh, We're going to go through on this Panthers Insider Show and relive. I wanted to look at something from this playoff run. And obviously, we only have one hour here on the Panthers Insider Show. So what stands out from this playoff run? What are we all going to be looking back on? I think we're all going to be talking about the photo finishes, the overtime games, the close games. Look who the Panthers beat on this playoff run. They knocked out the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Carolina Hurricanes. There were overtime games in each series. And those were three bona fide heavyweights. Three teams that are going to be contenders again when next season comes around. So uh, those were three huge series victories. There were overtime games throughout those series. We're going to relive those overtime games coming up in uh, just a couple of moments here in the opening segment. Coming up in segment number two, uh, Jameson Olive and I had a chance to sit down with Panthers head coach Paul Maurice, and it was a great conversation. We'll have that coming up in segment number two. And then my broadcast partner on the Panthers Radio Network, Billy Lindsay, is going to stop by coming up in segment number three to help us uh, put a wrap on the 22-23 season. And uh, big thanks to Billy. It was great to call games all season with him once again and uh, and uh, be alongside him throughout the Stanley Cup final and, and this playoff run uh, to be able to uh, to go through all that with him. It was certainly a thrill and uh, looking forward to catching up with him again coming up later on here in the program. So lots to get to, folks. All your Panthers information, as always, FloridaPanthers.com, whether it's 
for tickets or with the draft coming up or with free agency coming up or with the schedule release coming up. Everything you look at uh, and look forward to throughout the course of the summer, you can find all that at FloridaPanthers.com when uh, when that time comes around. So that's your one-stop shop to find all your Panthers information. And, uh, well, why don't we dive right in now to recapping the playoff run that was. Remember the Panthers? Feels like forever ago. They were playing the Boston Bruins in the first round. Let's go all the way back to April 26th, folks. April 26th, the Panthers found themselves down 3-1 in a best-of-seven first-round series against the Boston Bruins. They went to Boston for Game 5, and they came up with a big overtime victory. And, well, that's going to be a theme here. We're going to go through all the overtime wins. Let's relive the conclusion of that Game 5 overtime win against Boston right here as it sounded on the Florida Panthers radio network. Allmark back for gave it away for Hagee to the front of the net. It's poked at backhand. They score Matthew Kachuk in overtime, and the Panthers win it 4-3. And there's going to be a game six in Sunrise on Friday. The Panthers get it done in overtime. They cash in off the turnover 4-3 in overtime. That's your final tonight here in Boston. So that was the first of Matthew Kachuk's big. Well, they're all big in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but that was the first of his overtime goals. His game winners had a lot of huge goals throughout this playoff run, and uh, and Matthew Kachuk nominated for the Hart Trophy. He was a finalist for that, and of course, uh, in the playoffs, he continued producing as he did during the regular season. Just outstanding to see everything he did in a Panthers uniform this year. But that forced that wild game six, which wasn't an overtime game, but the Panthers won that game six in sunrise on April 28th, went back to Boston. April 30th, Carter Verhage, one of the biggest goals in the history of the Panthers franchise. It was another 4-3 overtime win for the Panthers, and here's how it sounded. Back behind the net, Matthew Kachuk gets there first, and he's upended back behind the goal. Loose puck behind the net, loose at the side of the net, jamming away is Kachuk with Bennett along the near boards. Bennett finds it to the circle for Hagee, shot top shelf, he scores! Carter Verhagen top shelf, and the Panthers win it in overtime! The Panthers stun the Bruins in Boston, and the Panthers are moving on to round two! Carter Verhagen, the Panthers have won it in overtime! 4-3 the final, the Panthers take game seven, and they're moving on! So that was the Game 7 overtime winner in Boston. I've never seen a full arena of people, 17,850 to be exact, turn so quiet so fast after that regular season the Boston Bruins had, 65 wins, well-documented, best regular season in NHL history. It all came to a screeching halt right there when Carter Verhage scored that overtime winner in Game 7. Doesn't get much more clutch, much more dramatic than that. Game 7 overtime in the Stanley Cup playoffs and Carter Verhage. Who else? Well, he had another huge playoff goal for the Panthers. It sent the Bruins home, and it sent the Panthers to Toronto. Remember in the Stanley Cup final, the Panthers had that that lull before they got the final going. Well, that wasn't the case back in the first round going into the second round. The Panthers finished that series against Boston April, April 30th on the road, and then they were opening up the second round series against Toronto May 2nd. They would take the first two games of the series in Toronto. Sergei Bobrovsky was brilliant, timely goal scoring. They had the comeback in game two, and they stunned the Toronto Maple Leafs by taking the first two games of the series. And then on May 7th at uh, FLA Live Arena in Sunrise, it was another overtime win for the Panthers. This time, it was Sam Reinhart. 
sending the Panthers home happy. Reinhardt here on the near wing. Back pedals a bit towards center, then heads in over the Toronto line, up the right side, a long shot wide. Rims around, Anton Lundell down behind the net. Reinhardt wraps it around, he scores! Sam Reinhardt, the overtime winner! And the Panthers take a three-games-to-none lead in this series against Toronto. Three to the final. Sam Reinhardt ends it tonight here at FLA Live Arena. And the Panthers have taken a three-games-to-none lead. Spring has turned to winter and the Leafs are wilting and falling off the trees as Sam Reinhardt ends it for the Florida Panthers on a wraparound behind the net. So that was game three. The Panthers took that commanding three games to none lead back on May 7th over Toronto. The Leafs would force a game five. So the series went back to Toronto, but it was in Toronto where once again the Panthers silenced a crowd of 19,513 Ontario native Nick Cousins finished this one off. Up the right wing, puts it out in front, cut off nicely by Radko. Gudis getting back, and Gudis will lead the charge now, three on two for the Panthers. Here's Cousins over the offensive line, left circle, Cousins, front of the net, shot, he scores! Nick Cousins ends the game, ends the series, 3-2 in overtime. The Panthers win it, they take the series in five, and the Florida Panthers are going to the Eastern Conference Final! 3-2 in overtime, the Panthers get it done! What a finish, and it's on the 44th shot of the night that Nick Cousins ends the game, ends the series, and it's off to the Eastern Conference Final for the Florida Panthers for the first time since 1996. And the Panthers will meet the Carolina Hurricanes in the next round. And the Panthers and the Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Final, they got introduced in a hurry. Of course, they played each other three times during the regular season. But Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final, May 18th, 2023, it didn't end until May 19th, 2023. The game took five hours and 44 minutes to play. It was the one of the seven overtime games the Panthers played in the playoffs that went past the first overtime. It went past the second and third overtimes as well, and it almost went to a fifth overtime. This was back on May 18th, the sixth longest game in National Hockey League history and the longest game in the history of the Panthers. It took a while, but it was Matthew Kachuk again. Ekblad dumps it in down to our right. Here's Brent Burns, keeps it to the outside. Sam Bennett keeps it in out front. Kachuk a shot. He scores! He scores! Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner! The Panthers take game one, three, two, the final. Matthew Kachuk ends the marathon, and the Panthers go home happy tonight here in Raleigh. Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner. 3-2 the final. The longest game in the history of both franchises. Into the top 10 longest games in National Hockey League history. And Matthew Kachuk gets it done. The overtime winner. 3-2 the final. And the Panthers take game one of the Eastern Conference Final. They took game one, game two in Raleigh. You got to think that game one was a tone setter of sorts uh, because, well, two nights after the first game started, but uh, a day after the first game ended, here was game two. And again, it was Matthew Kachuk. 
Off the draw, Panthers have Reinhardt, near point Montour, down here on the near side, sweeps it around, far boards, Burns, pressured over there by Sam Bennett, Bennett's got the puck, Bennett into the right circle, out in front, Reinhardt, back door, and they score, and it's Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner, and the Panthers take game two, they lead two games to none, it only took a minute and 51 seconds, a power play goal in overtime, the Panthers win it, 2-1, Matthew Kachuk again ends it. Eastern Conference Final. The Panthers would win game 3-1-0, game 4-4-3, which didn't end in overtime, but uh, that may, well, but may as well have been an overtime goal. Matthew Kachuk in game four when he scored with just a shade under five seconds remaining in regulation time. The Panthers moved on to the Stanley Cup Final for the second time in team history, and they would pick up one more overtime win, a seventh straight overtime win in these playoffs to go a perfect 7-0 in overtime. Game three at FLA Live Arena. Here's how that one finished. Take that away, trying to nudge it out front of the net, but the Golden Knights move it forward. Now it's Bennett back in. Bennett up the near side, looks across for Hagee, high slide shot, he scores! Carter Verhage, the overtime winner here in game three. The Panthers take it, three to the final. Hanging around, hanging around, Carter Verhage flops a nut straight. Pay that man his money! And overtime the, winner for Carter Verhage. And the Panthers cut the series deficit in half. They take it 3-2 in overtime. And now they'll have a chance on home ice to even the series on Saturday night in game four. And of course, that game four, Vegas edged the Panthers 3-2 before they ultimately won the series in five games. Congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights. It was a heck of a run for them. It was a heck of a run for this Panthers team as well. And this Panthers team's going to be back for more, uh, no doubt about it. But that was a run full of great memories. And again, we only have an hour here on the Panthers Insider Show, so we want to get to as much as we can. But the overtime games might be what we remember the most come, uh, you know, as we fondly look back on this playoff run. And, uh, and again, there was so much great experience gained during that playoff run and the team always talked about it, how comfortable they were in those tight games and those tough situations and situations when, when other teams might be most uncomfortable. But the Panthers were calm. They were cool. They were comfortable in all of those situations. And you saw it, the way those, uh, those overtimes went. They always were able to rise to the occasion, and the Panthers had a full group of guys. Never saw anybody shy away from the moment. You had a whole group of guys. Everybody wanted the puck on their stick in those tight games. Let's step aside. We'll come back. Good conversation with Panthers head coach Paul Maurice is coming up on the other side of the break. Billy Lindsay stops by later on in the hour. Lots to get to. Still Doug Plagans with you. It's the Panthers Insiders Show, the season-ending edition right here on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Let's get back to the Panthers Insider on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Welcome back. To the Panthers Insider Show, last edition of the 2022-23 season. Great conversation with Panthers head coach Paul Maurice coming up here that Jameson Olive and I had a chance to 
Have back uh, a couple of days ago when the Panthers held their exit day in Territory Talk, the official Panthers podcast. That's where this conversation came from, but we're going to use it here on the Panthers Insider Show as well because great to catch up at the end of the season with Panthers head coach and uh, always a great conversation with Paul Maurice. But Territory Talk doesn't stop. The official Panthers podcast presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. You can catch new episodes all summer long. FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk or wherever you find your podcast. But uh, next week, or I should say the next edition, this week we talked to Paul Maurice. We talked to Alexander Barkov. You can find those if you like what you hear. You can go listen to the whole episode wherever you get your podcast. But uh, coming up in the next episode, we're going to have conversations with Brandon Montour, Anton Lundell, Zach Dalpy, and Carter Verhage that uh, we had a chance to do on that uh, on uh, exit day. So you hear all those conversations coming up very soon as well on the next edition of Territory Talk. So the content, the podcast, they don't stop. Let's get into the conversation now with Panthers head coach Paul Maurice alongside uh, me, Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive on Territory Talk. Had a chance to catch up with the Panthers head coach. And the first thing we asked is, what stands out the most at that time? Of course, everything's still very fresh. It's still very fresh right now. But uh, when you look back at this 22-23 Panthers team, what stands out the most? God, we pushed these guys hard and, and, and asked a lot of them. And they just kind of accepted it. None of these things are easy fixes. We had a lot of things that... We, uh, lot of ground we needed to cover what I will remember with the exception of our final round uh, in the most difficult time and I'm going to put the first five days of training camp in because nobody's had five days like that but you look at the two weeks in January and we said this to the players going in these next two weeks could define our franchise for the next five years we were beat up we were I don't know, early January, nine points out and three sets of back-to-backs. I think it was like three, eight, or two or three four-game weeks we were hurt. Um, and we came out above 500 in that and with the, with a huge win. And with Alex Lyon in the net, like mm-hmm. all, there were all those kind of great stories. So that, to me, was, was the inflection point. I do think we had done a bunch of good things in the months in, in December and January to lead up to that possibility. But that, for me, was the inflection point. I'll remember that. I remember the feeling of being so angry after the Pittsburgh game. So we lose 7-6 in overtime. But we had played so darn hard, right? You know, when Alex was battling in the net, it was just one of those wild nights being so angry because you want it for him. I would say that that might be the... Yeah, you know, you're still dealing with the sadness of the way it ends and the pain of the way it ends because I wanted it for them. They they had invested enough, right? Like we weren't good enough in the end or healthy enough or whatever. Vegas won. That's fine. But in terms of what you could ask a group to do or the investment into their to their teammates, to their fans, I just don't think we could ask more. And obviously every season presents its own new challenges. But when you look back at this playoff run, you guys faced four of the top five teams in the NHL for the regular season. Can you also point to that and tell the guys next season is going to be different, but it probably can't get harder than what you guys just went through. Right. It can't get harder, but we, it's funny because we, we, we beat Toronto and, and, uh, and Carolina in nine games, right? Two really, really good teams, but I don't think we were necessarily better than they were in nine games. Right. And we just lost the one. Our goaltender was real good. Right. Like it was an absolute battle to beat those teams. And we're going to we're going to go play those teams next year and think, well, we beat them in the playoffs. We should beat them. And and I, I get the original idea. 
but it's just not true, right? It starts at zeros again um, in training camp, and we got to get back to that level of heart. That will be the thing that I am most interested in seeing, but I'm also maybe most concerned about not it's the fear that a reasonably intelligent person should have. Can you get back to that heart? Because that, that's, the, that's the most difficult thing to do in pro sports. It's why you don't see in, in a salary cap area somebody running nine seasons. Right? When, when Tampa made the switch to hard, they won two Stanley Cups in the Eastern Conference final. That's really rare because it is so hard to do. And then got into the playoffs this year and they lost a defenseman and they got injured and, they, and you just lose when that happens. So getting this team back to hard is going to be the challenge. And you talk about getting this team back to something. Of course, you know, on paper, most of this roster is coming back. Every team's different. Things change in the offseason a little bit here and there. But at the top, Matthew Kachuk, Alexander Barkov, now both those guys have you know seen the top of the mountain. How different do you think those guys are going to be next year, just given this experience just and how that's going to affect their leadership? I think uh, the, the big part is there's far less unknown for them, right? New coach, almost an entirely new coaching staff, seven new guys. It was the things that, that we felt were important would be quite a bit different than what they'd experienced in the past. Not necessarily right, just completely different, right? So we, what's, a, what's an example of what I'm rambling on about here? <laughs> Our neutral zone defense would be completely different than what they ran last year. And, it, and I wouldn't say it's intricate, but there's a lot, there's moving parts to it. So you got to spend... You get about eight practice days in training camp. So if you spend even, you got power play, you got a million other things you got to cover. So it gets one or two days. And then you start working on that during the year. So in November, you've got a day or two where you're just doing your neutral zone because it's all messed up. And it's the first time they've seen it. So you're mad at them because they don't have it perfect. And they're trying to figure out what the hell you want them to do. So you have <laughs> all this unknown. Next year, you'll do the neutral zone defense in a day. We'll spend more time with the kids or the new people on it, and we, we would expect it to be pretty darn good in game one. And kind of going off of that, the experience that you get along the way, whether it was the experience the guys got in the playoff race, in the actual playoffs, all the way through it, people always look back and they talk about the value of getting those that big game experience. Right. As it was going on, could you see guys getting that experience, figuring things out along the way? Because it seems like a lot of people look back on it and say, oh, they got that experience back on that playoff run. But as right. this was going on, were you able to see guys making strides, taking steps as it went forward? Well, well uh, Sasha Barkov, there's a fairly significant – this is not about points for me, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't say, well, he's scoring a lot, so he's playing great. Oh, he's not scoring, so he's playing poorly. That doesn't – the team's either winning or it's not. Is he doing everything that he can to help our team win? He added a physical component to his game. He also started to shoot the puck more. So those were areas that I thought he could develop into, but he learned it in the playoffs. Sasha Bark is the captain of the team at a very young age on a team that didn't make the playoffs. So there's a whole chunk of development that never happens. And it's not, it's not, it's something that you can't explain to somebody. You can't take a young player and say, okay, this is the regular season. You're feeling good about yourself. But I'm telling you that in April, the entire game is going to change. Every fit, every hit gets finished and it gets finished hard. Your shift length, you know, you're on the ice for a minute 10. You, you got 45 seconds or you can't play. Like you don't have the energy. They, you have to experience it. You have to go through it. So the, 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 all you know, all of the center icemen for sure. I mean, Sam Bennett maybe been around a little bit more, but Lundell, the guy that knew it was you know Eric Stahl, and he and, and he got hurt in the Boston series, 
Because he played two great games to start. We had two points at a goal and assist, and it was really good. And then he got hurt for a while, and then he came back. And you know that, that guy gets it, and he was driving as hard as he could. He's not 25 anymore, but he understood what playoff hockey would be. So that's a long-winded answer. I seem to be giving those out <laughs> a lot lately. Um, yeah, there's there's a whole bunch that we think we should be able to capture from that. But if we're casual, even remotely, if the expectation is that it'll just show up, because you're going to get another regular season next year, and it's not going to look like playoffs. And all of a sudden, all those old feelings about I could, I, geez, I can get outside on this guy, and they can hit <laughs> me with a pass through nine sticks, and yeah, I really have to back check because if we turn the puck over, I'm going the other way. Like there, there's a danger there too. It's not going to look like playoffs. So if playoffs don't look like regular season. You come into the regular season, you you need to be ready to play. Looking at all the lessons this year. One kind of, I guess, big last lesson here for these guys to learn is coming up right now, how to deal with a short off season when you go on a run like this, four months or so till till game one. How do you want the guys to approach these next few days? Obviously, you have to rest, but kind of when when do you kind of want them to kind of start to get back into that game mode? Yeah, so we'll, this will be all team performance guys, right? Yeah. All our, our medical team. There's there's two or three sections of guys here. There's all the, all the players that are dealing with an injury. They, they got to heal that first. So they may be a little bit behind it. Um, then you've got a group of players that are going to be healthy in about two weeks. They're going to feel fine. They need to get, and then they need to start thinking about how they change what they've done in the past. So there are even veteran players that we're going to suggest they change how they train based on some things that they learned. You've either got to, uh, weight's not an issue here, but either we have to increase your strength, we have to increase your speed and, and that's all the team performance guys and then the third block of guys would be i would think fall into the younger guys who are still developing their bodies they can't take much time off they they, you you can take your 10 days but even in your 10 days off here 10 days to two weeks you still got to get on the bike a little bit or go for a run or get your heart rate up so your conditioning doesn't fall and then they got to push hard because if you're 21 20 years or two years old you're still filling out your frame and we need you to we need you to get to be a 27 year old when you're 23 we, we need you we need you as fit as you possibly can so but you know one of the things that was new for me here is that we've got like three or four people here that that's what they do for mm. a living and they've got a very wide array of experience so I, I i don't get too involved with the summer conditioning programs i got way smarter guys than me doing that on that though taking a, a step little step back here we talked about how much we talked to all the guys about the room how special the room is how fun the room is all the fun they had this year. You've talked about the coaches' room as well. Yep. Some familiar faces, some new faces in there. Just take us in the room a little bit. What was that room like this? You know, for you this year, and just how much did that add to the fun and just the specialness of this year for you, that group? I mean, that's the key piece. That's your family. We spend almost all of our time in one office together. So, you know what though? Like Bill Zito drives an awful lot of that because he's in our offense all office all the time. In, in a good way. It's just in an interactionary way. How you doing? We're, we we talk hockey. He sits down and we talk hockey with him. So, and what was great about that is, you know, we had especially based on you, you know the 122 point season they had here. Mm. So you get into November, December, and January, and she's a little tough around here. He's still in our offense, and nothing changes. Like whether we won a game or we lost a game, his determination and his mood, his positivity. And I don't I mean we lost, you know, got beat by five goals yeah. and he's waving pom-poms. That's not what I mean. He, the direction, like stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. Stay. This is what we're doing, what we set out to do at the start of the year. We knew there were going to be some rough times, so keep doing it. And that allowed the coaches then confidence in, in you know, our bosses want this. They want us to drive this team like this. 
takes the pressure off you, not in terms of wins and losses, but in terms of okay, you're, you're you know you're not in there pounding the table going why aren't we scoring more goals or why you're in we and he understands the game so that made it easy for us. And then I don't I I, I would I would say I don't look at like I got assistant coaches. I get mm-hmm. there's like eight coaches in there. When you look at you know John Kenjemi with the hand pass in yep. Boston, Miles fees pre scouts or like just right on. He hands them to me and that's the team, right? So he, they've got the video guys, they're just coaches. So we come in between periods, I'm going to ask them what they saw, what they think, because they, they're hockey guys. Um, and I do having kind of unique experts in each section of the game. The goalie coach has a certain view of it. Tuomo Rutu played in the NHL as a forward. He's got a, a look at it. Sylvain Lefebvre played as a defenseman. He's got a look at Jimmy Compon's been in the league as a video guy, strength guy, and assistant coach. He's got a couple Stanley Cups. So I've got a really unique spectrum of guys there that I get a slightly different answer from each person, which is great because it kind of triggers words in your head and it kind of, so you're in between periods. What do you guys got? They fire it all out. We put it together. I walk in and, and spit it out. Having different minds uh, helps. And you mentioned Tuomo Rutu, a guy who you had as a player, yeah. and now you've got him on the coaching staff. And I know you've said throughout the season you've given some some pretty high praise to his yeah. development as a coach. What's it like, that dynamic, uh, having a guy in your staff who you, you had in the locker room as a player? I, you know what? I wonder more from his perspective, right? So you interact with these guys. I'm not hanging out with these guys, right? I, I'm on the ice calling drills, or I'm do, you know, I do my post-game and my pre-game video prep stuff. And yeah, you have individual meetings, but in terms of like, like, let's say I got 25 guys here. If I have a meaningful meeting with each guy once a day, I'm not talking to a guy for three weeks. So other than hello, how are you? Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, I mean, you're, there's lots going on. So I wonder what it's like for him. He sat on the player. I come in, I tell my jokes, I hear a yell and I do whatever my thing. Um, but, but we wouldn't hang out all summer and now he's sitting in the office going he's either so he's either going okay i thought this guy was crazy but now i know he's crazy yeah. or wow I, th- I think the first thing that always happens is they they cannot players cannot believe the amount of time coaches put in right and it was a great kind of quote by rod brindamore when he took over the job in carolina i used to kind of come to the rink and think like how hard is this you just get five guys on the ice so you guys don't really do anything back there Remember, as a player, that's what they would think. So I, I beat that up. To, for me, it's really simple and easy. I always liked Duomo because he played really hard and he hit hard and he battled. And there's a guy who was hurt his whole career. Almost, I had. I said, Rudy, you got to pull off some of these hits, man. You, you don't have to kill everybody. Um, so he has this kind of great work ethic. And I watch him work. Uh, I know the, the, the improvements and he does he talks to a lot of the Finnish guys especially he has that connection with them and he can articulate the game especially if they don't understand it because of his languages um, but he's also a hockey guy so he's he knows our systems inside now I think clearly I think you can coach in the NHL without having played in the NHL but you have to have players on your staff because there, I I will never have that experience of when to take a guy wide. I can I can get five guys to try to move in the same direction, have a pretty good idea what's going to happen next. That's kind of my job. But having players matters. And coach, just last one for me here. We talked to all the players about you know what what's next for them over the next four months. For yourself, uh, we just talked before you got on here. It's been about a year since you were yeah. hired, and uh, a wild, fun year at that. But how do you kind of now maybe step away and just and then once you do, excitement for coming back. Yeah, it'll it'll be really important, James, and to find that place. It's mm-hmm. but it won't be right now. So you go through these moments of extreme sadness, right? Like you do, it just hits you. 
being that close, knowing how hard it is, knowing all the things that got to fall for you to get to to get to the final and then not win. I mean, it's the you would take the experience, but I think it's less least painful to finish last, you mm-hmm. know, to finish second, right? So going to deal with that. I, I know it's going to take a little while, but there's actually work to do, right? We've got to get 25 guys out of town. We've got to get them medically cleared. We've got to make sure that they're as healthy as they can be. And then they also have a summer plan. Mm-hmm. So there's work to do over the next week. And then you got the draft, which I really don't do anything at other than talk to Bill because that's also where trades are made and things. But in terms of the players, I've never, ever seen any of these yeah. kids play. So I had nothing to do with it, and we don't have a lot of picks. So I might even be in there for the first few days and not stay for the draft. We'll see. Development camp is a big one, and that happens a week after the draft. Yep. So we won't – okay, I'm not coming to the rink at 5 in the morning, <laughs> but we won't shut down probably till mid-July. Yep. And there's actually a lot of prep that goes into a training camp, right? When you just think of – like I'm going to have 50 guys. Logistically, you have to schedule kind of their entire day for a month, and then all the video we got to do. There's going to be – based on the personnel, there's going to be some changes in systems that we've got to deal with just – depending on what our back end looks like, even if it's said Aaron's not there, right? We're going to have to prepare for that too. We will use the video that we will use from training camp will all come from the playoffs. So that's kind of, that's kind of good. But mm. if I can get two or three weeks in, I think, uh, and do like nothing, right? Like absolutely <laughs> nothing. Um, I don't even know where it's going to be. It might be here, right? Mm. I, I actually, I think Bill called me the first time on June 4th. But we didn't really kind of get connected to the middle to late June. But from that time to today, I mean, it's been flat out, right? Yep. It's an international move. I got three kids going in three different directions, sell a house, buy a house, build a training camp, build a staff. It's like it was It's it was flat out. Mm-hmm. And then it ended yesterday. So I'll just get to sleep in a little bit for a while and then take a few weeks off. Now, whether it's here or elsewhere, how much fishing during the, uh, during the, yeah, like as much as I can. So for me, that's my place. I, I I love fishing with my kids, um, but they're kind of grown up. So they're not going to be around. Second best thing is I love fishing by myself. (laughs) Don't really care if I catch anything. I can sit on that. Are you like a go out at five in the morning kind of guy or how does that typically? Yeah, Yeah, I will. Right. And that's. But I'm, I'm, I'm a fair weather fisherman. I am. Like if it's raining, I'm not going. I mean, I'd like to go. I look out. That'd be fun. But um, I'll do a little more. But the bite where I am actually is pretty good in the evening. So there's a real nice window before the mosquitoes come out. Yep. Uh, I do a little fishing. But, yeah, I will do both. And in truth, I don't care. Because if it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I know I'm not going to catch much, I'll still go out and rip the boat around the lake and fish. It's a, it's a peaceful place for me. And it also it's kind of where I get my brain back to going. Well, I know uh, we're excited to, to get it going again come the fall. It's going to be a quick turnaround, but uh, hopefully you have a little bit of time to decompress here. Yeah. And uh, and I know just speaking for, for everybody here, we can't thank you enough for, yeah, uh, for everything over the course of the year. All right, guys. We'll have a great summer, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Paul Maurice jokingly at the end there saying we'll see you in a couple of weeks uh, as, as if to, uh, to illustrate that this is – going to be a short off season. It's going to be a short off season. He's not, uh, again, it's uh, he's somewhat joking, but uh, there's some truth to that too. Just illustrating how quickly this off season is going to fly by. It's already June 17th and uh, in three months or so, you're going to have training camp and preseason and everything like that, getting ready to uh, take flights. So Great conversation there. Again, if you want to hear the whole episode, Jamison Olive and I sat down with Panthers captain Alexander Barkov as well. FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk. That's where to go to listen to the whole thing. The Panthers official podcast 
Territory Talk presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. It doesn't stop all all summer long. You can uh, get the new material all summer on Territory Talk. And on the next episode, as I mentioned, we're going to have conversations with Brandon Montour, Anton Londell, Carter Verhege, and Zach Dalp. You'll be able to hear all that coming up on the next edition of Territory Talk whenever we decide to throw that out your way. Big thanks to Panthers head coach Paul Maurice for taking the time out for us. Great conversation and uh, just an outstanding guy to talk to each and every day. And uh, again, such a such a great guy, great hockey mind. And uh, I know uh, that first season he had uh, as the Panthers head coach, a lot of reason to be excited looking ahead to his second year as the Panthers head coach. And, uh, of course, lots to look forward to here on the Panthers Insider Show as well. Uh, my broadcast partner on the Panthers Radio Network, Billy Lindsay, stopping by on the other side of the break. Doug Plagans here with you. It's the Panthers Insider Show, the season finale edition right here on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Time for more of the Panthers Insider on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Welcome back, Panthers Insider Show, right here on the Florida Panthers Radio Network, heading into our final segment in our final show, the 22-23 season. But as Paul Maurice alluded to last segment, Doug Plagans here with you, by the way. Uh, he said, see you in a couple weeks at the end of the interview, and it's going to be a short offseason. We're going to have new 23-24 editions of the Panthers Insider Show coming your way before too long, probably in about three months or so. So, uh, again, a quick chance for us to catch our breath. There will be lots coming up over the course of the offseason, too, as I always mention. FloridaPanthers.com, by the way, your one-stop shop for all that information. And the Panthers' official podcast, Territory Talk, is going to be cruising all summer long. So we'll have lots of new stuff for you there wherever you get your podcasts. And FloridaPanthers.com, of course, slash Territory Talk. That's a place to start with that. We've got my broadcast partner on the Panthers Radio Network, Billy Lindsay, stopping by here very shortly. So while we get him uh, ready, just a reminder, you've got the draft coming up uh, in about a week and a half or so, the 28th and 29th. And for our listeners on 560 WQAM down in South Florida, you'll be able to hear our uh, our uh, draft special on the 28th, of course. And that'll kind of be a, a season in review as well. And then we'll have free agency and the schedule is going to get announced and everything you look forward to over the course of the summer. But Let's get to uh, our guest here, my broadcast partner on the Panthers Radio Network, Billy Lindsay. Kind enough to stop by. Well, good morning, Billy. And uh, and first things first, uh, I got to tell you, and I, I said it to you already, but thanks for another great season. And uh, this was a Panthers season that gave us a ton to be excited about moving forward. Gave us a lot of great memories. Obviously, defeat does sting a little bit. But Billy, now that you've had a chance to to look back on it uh, for a few days. What are some of the biggest things that stand out in your mind when you look at this 22-23 edition of the Florida Panthers? The ups and downs that it had and to finish with such a flourish to go all the way to the Stanley Cup final first time in 27 years. It's tough to swallow when you end up losing the Stanley Cup, but you can't forget about the journey that it takes uh, to get there. The new coach, uh, Matthew Kachuk, coming over, just getting into the playoffs, this team was fighting and clawing. And then once they get there, the historic upset of Boston, you go through Toronto, Carolina. It was it was just so, so tough. This this team so showed so much heart and so much character throughout the course of the year. That's what makes me so excited about 
things moving forward is what Paul Maurice was able to accomplish. Matthew Kachuk with the heroics. Hey, you look back in the defeat against Vegas, Vegas was really, really good. But all the injuries that piled up now that they're coming to light with the sternum with Kachuk and looks like Ekblad's going to have shoulder surgery. Gudis was playing with a sprained ankle. That is not taking nothing away from what Vegas did. Uh, Vegas was a complete team. They were completely healthy. But it shows just kind of the war of attrition and what you have to put your body through in these Stanley Cup finals. And I guess that kind of exemplifies this team. They were just willing to play through so much pain, uh, just kind of grit it out when it matters most, and just find ways. They found ways to to win games. And going back over those playoffs to see what Kachuk did for Hagee, Bobrovsky, you can't forget about that stuff. It, it will be etched in the memories forever. Yes, you did lose the Stanley Cup. But the ride to get there was just, it brought me back to the early days here in South Florida. And to see the fan base come back is uh, something that's so exciting. So it, it was just a joy all around to see this team and see its progression. And Billy, uh, Paul Maurice has talked about this, but you know there are certain things in the sport that uh, you don't really get that experience. You don't learn exactly what it's like until you've lived it. So this Panthers team, now you mentioned the war of attrition. There are bumps and bruises to say the least. And of course, uh, the guys will have those to remember this run by. But at the same time, now that they've felt it and you experience this same thing, now that they've felt it firsthand, they've seen what it takes to win those big games and those close games and to win multiple playoff series. How much, I mean, it, we always hear the value of experience, but now that they've got it, you know, how much does that change things when they hit the ice again for a new season and those expectations are going to be high, but they've seen what it takes to get there? It, it does. And when every time you get through that and you know, you can see how hard this trophy is to win. But when you get that kind of playoff experience, it's just going to help you in the in the future. And Billy Jean King had a great quote one time, pressure is a privilege. And and that's true. Uh, when you get, the, get into pressure situations, it's a privilege to be there because the stakes get higher. And how do you perform under under those circumstances? And you always have that to draw back on once you've been through it you can use that as a learning lesson you know how your body feels you know how you're going to react under pressure what you can maybe do differently in in some sort of situations so it's invaluable to the players moving forward uh the, especially Barkoff, Ekblad, players that have been here for for some time and never really gotten a taste of going on on that kind of run so now that they've they've gone there you've got the appreciation you have one dream as a player once you get in the nhl that is to win a stanley cup now they know what it's about they they know what it's like to be surrounded by a media to be the center of attention of the hockey world of the universe now you go back into the playoffs you you know what that's about you know what that kind of pressure is how you're going to react so every time that you get a step closer to that stanley cup is just the better you're going to feel the next time that you're going through that process. It's going to help this team and these players immensely when they get there. And this is a team that's built not just to – we've seen this Panther team be in the playoffs for four consecutive years, the President's Trophy, now the Stanley Cup final. It's going in the right direction, and it's going to continue to be that way for the foreseeable future. That's maybe the most exciting part 
as you look at this year, they got there, but it is well within the grasp to do it again and again over the next few years. So you knock on the door and just you came very close to knocking it down. You just got to hope that you keep continuing. To, every chance you get to get in those playoffs is another another chance to break through that door. And it seems like this Panther team is going to have those opportunities in the future. And, Billy, I asked you right off the top what what stands out most when you look back at this team. Well, turning the page, looking at next year's team, and maybe it's because, uh, you know, you're going to be kind of previewing a season. Maybe you're looking at individuals the most uh, first. But what are some of the things you look at or who are some of the guys that you're most excited to see take the ice again next season and maybe Matthew Kachuk in year two as a Panther after what he did in year one maybe that's uh, that's the easiest answer or how does Brandon Montour follow up the breakout year that he had as he continues to uh, to progress or or Anton Lundell building on the playoff run what are some of the things that stand out when you look to uh, turn the page to 23-24 what excites you the most? Well I would expect repeat performances Montour is what, what he played and the way that I saw I don't expect a too much of a drop off from him, Matthew Kachuk, with his his heart. It's going to be be the same thing. Carter Verhage's arrived on the scene. Looks like he's going to be a consistent 30, 40 goal scorer in this league. For this team to continue to make those strides, and when you're up against it against the salary cap, is that you're going to have to look to, to players. I expect Anton Lundell went through some adversity this year, some ups and downs, but in the playoffs, he played his best hockey. That's for Anton Lundell. There's a player to me that's just kind of scratching the surface, and you're going to need some of these players that are just kind of stepping into the league for this Panther team to really take another jump. So Anton Lundell, he has he has another step that he can take, a big step forward. I would expect that from Anton Lundell. Lou Osterinen is awesome. Uh, right direction, right time, he's going to continue to get better. That that really excites me about a player like, like Lowe's Doreen. And, so, and you got some of the some of the players that Denisenko was in uh, that last game of the playoffs. You got some players down in the minors uh, that, uh, and some draft picks maybe that can step into this lineup. So to me, it's about what, what they do in this offseason uh, – like those those players just taking another step forward if they do that and then just adding around it bill zito has shown that he's courageous and bold and we saw that with vegas vegas was the same way they didn't matter they they were bold in free agency they the draft whatever it took so expect a, around this draft and free agency time i would expect bill zito to be be busy again so i'm excited about lundell los Serenan. Maybe some of the young kids stepping into this lineup uh, that's already solidified with a lot of great players. And then Bill Zito, what does he do around it to, to, to fill this puzzle out is probably the most exciting part for myself. It's going to be a lot of fun to see Billy Lindsay, my broadcast partner on the Panthers radio network here with us. And, uh, and Billy, we're coming up on the end of the show, but thanks again for a great season. And, uh, and I guess in 10 seconds or less, where, where can folks most likely find you during the summer? Ah, most likely I'll be down here. I'll be at Learn to Play Clinics every week uh, on the ice. So I'll be, if you want to come to a local rink, five to nine-year-old kids, I'll be at all the rinks, uh, be on the NHL Network, uh, spotty here and there. And uh, I'll be down here in South Florida. You run into me, come say hi, and let's talk about the season. But uh, I'll mostly be down here in South Florida and maybe down in the Florida Keys a little bit, Doug, uh, 
enjoy enjoying a little bit of relaxation in the keys so if you see me out there fishing or getting chased by a shark uh you'll know i'm down in the keys <laughs> <laughs> well well we thank you very much and uh, and uh, again billy hope you uh hope you get a chance to relax look forward to seeing you very soon around town and uh, and uh, and of course this next season's going to be here before we know it billy thanks for stopping by all right appreciate it, doug as always thanks my friend that is Billy Lindsay, my broadcast partner on the Panthers Radio Network. Great to chat with him. Put a wrap on the season. That puts a wrap on this show as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, for tuning in all season long, for supporting the Panthers any way you can. For Billy Lindsay, and big thanks to, uh, again, uh, Panthers head coach Paul Maurice for taking some time. We had that conversation last segment. Uh, again, I'm Doug Plagans, everybody. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great summer. We will talk to you in the fall, and we'll be talking to you all summer long on FloridaPanthers.com and uh, related channels as well. Folks, thanks for being with us this morning. This is the Panthers Insider Show on the Florida Panthers Radio Network. <laughs>